0: Welcome to the Imperfect Behavior Podcast. I'm Rhiannon. I'm Melissa.
1: We're just two behavior analysts owning and improving our imperfect behavior.
0: it's Rhiannon. So this week is going to sound a little bit different. As part of the effects of the international pandemic of COVID-19, Melissa and I aren't able to record with each other in the same room like we typically do. We are both in separate homes trying to quarantine and, uh, you know, keep our families sheltered in place as much as we can. But we didn't want to miss an episode, we didn't want to let it go too long before putting out some conversation that I think we all could use right now, just a little bit of a distraction, but we still had some fun conversation and let's get into it. Welcome everyone, if this is your first visit to the imperfect world of behavior, we are behavior analysts who want to make some real changes and have some real conversations in the midst of life's chaos. We want to share what we know about behavior to help you do the same. So if this is your first episode, go back and listen to episode one, where we talk about ourselves and how we got into this crazy life. Then in episode two, we talked about motivation. How to choose what motivates you, your kids, your spouse, your employees, anyone. And how much your motivation changes your behavior. And on today's episode, what the function? That's right, potty mouths. I said function. The function of your behavior. Why are you doing what you're doing? I think of all the things in behavior analysis, this one blows my mind the most. I think it's just so crazy that there are only four reasons why we do what we do.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's pretty fascinating and what I really like about our science and why I want to share it. Because as scientific as we get in our field, I feel like if we can get the message across that behavior really is because of these four functions, then people can relate to it and they can start to identify it in their life. So what are those four functions, Rhiannon? So, number one, we have
0: access. This is when you are trying to obtain something, what you're doing to get a hold of something, get literally access to something. Number two, we have escape. This is when you are trying to actively get away from something or avoid something, get out of something that is typically aversive to you. So number three, we have attention. This is the class clown or the kid that's always trying to get a laugh from peers. The personal example that comes about every day in my life currently as we're recording this episode is when I am available to my children and they don't need me. They're happy as can be. And then the second that the phone rings and hello, they're like all over me like flies on food. It's it's ridiculous. And then number four is sensory. Um, I think some people might call this like automatic reinforcement. It's basically something that's happening. For you as a solo person, it doesn't have to do with a social piece at all. So it's, I think of like a good stretch. You know what I mean? Sometimes people go to yoga just because it feels good. Um, I also have this, I call it like a smell attachment. Where, hear me out. <laughs> just don't get, don't get weirded out yet. Okay, um, excited. Okay, so. I have like this really high attachment to smells, and a smell can bring me back to a memory. It can bring me back to a place. So, I mean, you probably know this about me. I always have candles burning in my house.
1: I'm always very jealous.
0: And I always have probably like too many candles. The average person would probably <laughs> gag. <laughs> but, um, It's just just because, like, I strategically place my candles throughout the year because they create really happy memories for me. I don't know. That's my own personal, like, sensory
1: function. Uh, Well, it's funny because in our field, and that's working every day, we see sensory behaviors all the time. And they're really probably the most difficult um, behavior that we work with because Mm – there's not much that we can do that is more reinforcing than what your own body is doing, so but for me, my thing is picking my nails, especially when I'm nervous or super stressed out. Um, that's something I've been doing again since I was 33. The only way I don't do it is if I keep up with my nails, which currently I can't do um, <laughs> so there's right now, but give it another week or two and they'll be out the door. And then the other thing I've done since I was little is I pick, like at the little fabric dots on your clothes that kind of ball up after they've been washed. Oh, like,
0: yeah, those little like fabric pills or something like that. You know, they make a machine for it to like shave them off. I don't want to shave
1: them off. I enjoy picking them. (laughs) I don't need that machine. So I think everyone, if they sat and thought about it, like, why do I do certain things? Or some people might twirl their hair. I see a lot of people doing that. Sometimes it's a lot of those behaviors you do when you're kind of bored or trying to fill time. So I think that's a good one that we come across a lot. What is um, an escape behavior that you do? Ooh,
0: escape. Or avoidance. I I mean, this is probably like really the most common. Um, I am a huge procrastinator. I think I work well under pressure. Most likely because I'm forced to because the deadline is up. <laughs> but I'm I'm definitely a, a procrastinator. If something is particularly uncomfortable for me or um, I don't feel like I'm in like the perfect environment to do it, I'll just put it off and put it off and put it off. What have I got?
1: mine's definitely hugs. <laughs> I'm not a hugger. And unless you're in like my inner circle, which is Not a lot of people that are allowed to hug me, then I will actively, when I know it's time for people to start leaving a situation, I'll either remove myself before it's time to say goodbye and like be at the door be like, peace out everyone, and like get out of the situation, or do like an awkward like side hug. I do just a lot of those avoidance behaviors. Like when I see it coming, it signals to me like, get out now just so i don't have to, it's just really aversive to me um i think that's the other thing is that some things that are aversive to some people are not going to be aversive to others some sure. people really love hugs and that's what makes their whole entire day and that's really reinforcing to them to me it's like a punishment and my some of my friends um like especially my church group like this is like a big joke because they're like oh, don't hug melissa <laughs> don't make it a thing but just like let me live my own little bubble of not hugging people so yeah. Um, that's definitely one of my big avoidance behaviors. I can really
0: sympathize with that one, though, because I'm not a hugger either. And I think some people in my family are huggers. So you know to expect it. It's not something at this point that they're, like, going to appreciate your escape and avoidance behaviors. When you stand there, arms clenched to side, terrified look on your face. Um, They're going to hug you anyways. But yeah, I'm definitely not, not a hugger either. What about access behaviors for you? What's your-
1: Like access to tangibles? Yeah. Well, the big one is why I go to work. I work and I do all those behaviors every two weeks so that I can get paid. Therefore, I can access everything I need, right? All my food, getting my nails done, getting my hair done. I don't have gray hair all the time. I think that's like a big one that people don't even realize. Like there's so many behaviors that go with that in order Mm -hmm. to access all those tangibles and things that we want.
0: Right, because money is irrelevant if stood alone. You only go to work to get this middleman step of money so that you can go get all those things that you typically want, like your nails done and, you know, your hair and, and logical stuff like groceries and bills and blah,
1: blah, blah. Um, yeah. I was like more a positive, be- I, I was trying to think of like positive and negative behaviors that are associated with these. So that's like a positive one. And negative behaviors I have with t- when tangibles are taken away from me or I don't have access to them would be like if someone interrupts my sleep. <laughs> which happens quite a bit, especially in the last <laughs> I will start having really negative behaviors because I really want to access that um, activity of sleep because it's so important to me. I'm not a good sleeper. So when it gets interrupted, especially multiple times a night, yeah, I have a lot of negative behaviors that might start arising. But what about you? What's in um,
0: I think when I was thinking about this, probably because it's the first thing that I think of when I wake up in the morning, coffee. I want coffee. My alarm goes off, my eyes open, I sit up out of bed, and I walk straight downstairs to get a cup of coffee that I have set the night before. So it's so immediately reinforced. I get contact to coffee within 60 seconds of being awake. And you know, on the flip side, if I don't get access to that. I'm really grumpy. I will probably start to get like some sort of caffeine headache later on if I don't get enough coffee. So yeah, I was thinking about attention though. I don't know. What do you... Oh, I
1: have some good ones for these. Yeah. Um, well, I think my main one, I think I probably mentioned it in our last episode a little bit, but I... I'm very needy for attention, especially for my husband. I don't yeah. really need, like, a lot of, like I don't like other people touching me or hugging me, but then from, because I don't get that from other people, so my cup's not filled very much, my poor husband has to deal with me, like, he needs to, like, overfill for everyone else. So, like, at night, when we're sitting on the couch, he just wants to be in his little bubble, watching his sports, like, doing his thing. But if he doesn't pay attention to me, like, I hold my hand or, like, reach out to cuddle me, I will just antagonize the poor guy. I am poking him. I'm trying to make him like all this negative attention that we see our kids doing, right? Like it goes through the roof. And so I've had like really analyzed this the last few months because it's definitely one of my imperfect behaviors that I've been working on. Because it drives him crazy. I mean, it cannot be fun when you're trying to relax to just be like poked and prodded by like (laughs) your wife. (laughs) So but what we've like kind of once I was able to work through and like, okay, well, what, what is that function of my behavior? Like, why am I doing these annoying things? Okay, well, I'm doing it because at least you're interacting with me, trying to like push my arm off or laugh at me or like whatever. So I'm getting some type of attention and it's that negative attention. Yeah. It's like, oh, how can you try if you could just like reach out to hold my hand or like attempt to cuddle with me or like, you know, when it's our downtime and the kids are asleep, I think it would really help me like not feel the need to like go to that negative attention space. Right. <laughs> so piece me in that positive attention. Oh, cool. You're like feeding my cup. You're filling me up with this good attention, I won't need to kind of do that negative behavior. <laughs> yeah. So that's a big one for us that we've been really working on. And since we've kind of like did that little experiment, I think it's helped a lot But so we still both, I need to be better about not getting in that negative attention zone and just saying, cause I'm an adult, like, Hey, pay attention to me <laughs> instead of like annoying. <laughs> and he needs to be better about, you know, being better at giving me positive attention. So that's something that we've been working on. It was just really interesting once I like stopped myself and was like, okay, this is an annoying behavior. Like, what is happening? And this is kind of how we want to teach you guys. So you have these imperfect behaviors. Like, what is the function of it? Because when you know the function, then you can start to work on it. You can start doing replacement behaviors or filling that need. So that was my big one.
0: It's it's almost like a really fun game to go throughout your day, even if you took maybe like 30 minutes of your day and just every move you make, just quickly think about it. Cause I mean, A, B, C, D, multiple choice test. It's like, take a stab. You might guess, right? You know, Mm -hmm. to just think about like, what is the function of my behavior? Do it for your kids. Do it for like, you're talking about like in your spouse too. If you're exhibiting these attention-seeking behaviors and, like, poking him, he's probably exhibiting some escape and avoidance behaviors. <laughs> like, oh, he's gonna start to do that. <laughs> yeah, to not be poked, and he might give in, so the, the terrorism stops. Because I get, I don't know, I think with my attention-seeking behavior and my husband, it's not for something as romantic and gentle as Cuddling like yours, I just get really annoying because I'm one of the funniest people that I've ever met. I so I just get like really silly and he gets really annoyed and it's just kind of like, stop it, stop, stop, stop. And, you, know, more like going, the class
1: class. you want that attention, that yeah. positive, class. yeah, and like well, that means in you.
0: Yeah. And so I go overboard and he definitely exhibits some. Um, escape and avoidance maintain behaviors because he just walks away.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's that's kind of like you can start identifying like why these things are happening. Or like teachers, you have the class clown or you have the overachiever in the class too, right? Like that's still their function is still that attention piece. Like they're raising their hand constantly because they want that need of you know that attention. So Mm -hmm. something like that in the classroom and you know what the function is and you can kind of start going huh, how else can I fill that child's cup with attention so that it's not coming out in a way that's distracting or not allowing other students to answer, you know, like maybe the leader throughout the day. Once you can identify the function, you can kind of start putting a plan in place to kind of work on that, which is what I really like. Yeah, definitely.
0: Like what I should have done before sitting down to record this episode was go and fill up my daughter's cup of attention. So she Mm -hmm. didn't keep coming in and interrupting um, because clearly she is facing some deficits in that department. And then like, you know, with the access piece, I mean, I think as adults, we probably have a good handle on how to gain access to something. I mean, at this point in life, being on the planet for so long, you kind of figure out how to get what you want and how to get what you need. Not always is it the most appropriate way, but you can start to shape up, like you're talking about like your students and employees and and kids and spouses. I mean, everybody has these access behaviors that if it's not the most desirable way that they're getting it.
1: I think that one also plays the most with like that motivation piece we talked last week too. You can really like find those motivators in them and the things that they want to access and the reasons they're misbehaving or behaving correctly because they have access to those things. Um, really ties into like that motivation piece the most I would say from last week yeah I agree so yeah I think hopefully you guys have learned a little bit about the four functions again they are um, attention is the big one that we see and it it can be that negative attention like I talked about we see that with our kids employees ourselves etc or it can just be like the positive attention the, the opposite of that We have those escape avoidance behaviors where I escape hugs at all costs. But I think we can all identify those things that we do in our life that we're trying to get away from something aversive. Um, We just don't like it. We don't want to be part of it. So we find these little habits or behaviors to get us away from those things. And then sensory. And then the last one being the tangibles, the access to activities or items we've had so much fun now that we've launched um, being able to interact with everyone on our facebook group you can find us at imperfect behavior group on facebook Um, but come this week join us for another great conversation about the functions of your behavior maybe this week you start looking and identifying different behaviors that you do that go under these four categories we would love to hear from you so thank you for spending some time with us this week. Join us on our Facebook group. Share with us the functions of your behavior. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Imperfect Behavior or email us at connect at imperfectbehavior.com. We will be back next week as we continue to discuss our imperfect behavior with you guys. Have a good week. Bye.